hello. Welcome to another episode of the Funky Marketing Show. Uh, this is the show where we host people that know what they're talking about and people that know what they're doing. Uh, that's how I think of funky marketing. So this is marketing that actually gives results and that actually differentiates. So today I have uh, I have a pleasure to, uh, to welcome uh, my good friend and uh, one of the people that I consider talks uh, in the simplest way about uh, account-based marketing, about demand generation, about lead generation, about all those things. So, uh, Andre, welcome to the show. Thanks a lot for having me. Super excited to chat with you today. It's uh, it's kind of kind of interesting, uh, you know. Before we dive right into it, how how we uh, we get to know each other, you know, we uh, get to know each other through the internet but then realized that we actually live in the in the neighbor countries right you're in croatia i'm in serbia and we didn't met in uh, you know in offline yet but it will happen soon it's a matter of time i believe but that's the funny fact about internet so like-minded people can connect you know leveraging the platforms like linkedin or twitter and um uh, I believe at one point we both, we both are running communities and basically I believe just because of communities we met first of all and voila. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, guys, if you don't know who uh, Andre is, uh, basically he is right now growing two startups, uh, if I'm not wrong, so return of investment plan. Uh, dot EO, so ROI plan dot EO, or and full funnel uh, dot EO. He has uh, a full funnel uh, conference, uh, a huge conference happening this September. So a lot of uh, you know big names from the community that share really good stuff. And he also runs uh, a great community community on Facebook. Um, and you know those are all the places where you can find him. He's on LinkedIn also. Uh, I think only a couple of months on Twitter, but already already making uh, making progress over there. But um, you know, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about different things, about things related to the marketing, to the sales, their relationships, and how you know they can all get better, how they can be aligned and actually contribute to the results. So. Um, what I what I, uh, I see that you that you wrote is that you know if you ask a sales team what they uh, would love uh, help with before reaching out to the new accounts, the most cases what you will hear is uh, I want them to be aware of our company and what we are doing. So uh, in a way, uh, it means that uh, basically you need to have already a little aware uh, awareness about the brand, about what you're doing, about the com what the company is doing, so they don't go like full cold uh, on them. So uh, from your perspective, like what does it mean uh, for other departments in the company, like marketing, like maybe customer success? What, what do all of them need to do? Uh, first of all, <laughs> thanks a lot for mentioning this tweet. I will give a little bit of context uh, how this tweet appeared. So aside from my experience in sales before, I, you know, before I uh, started my, my career in marketing, I was five years in B2B sales. And that was 
one of the lessons I learned the hard way. <laughs> so when you are reaching out to strategic accounts, it's way better if they are already aware about your company, of your products, you know, of your positioning, of your unique value proposition. So you don't waste time on, let's say, getting this initial buy-in, you know, and generating credibility. So last year, as you mentioned, uh, we have hosted the first full funnel summit. And one of the days was dedicated to sales. So we have had around 10 sales leaders. And on every given session, I asked the question. So you're all these guys, they're working at some technology companies, you know, they are running sales teams. And I was like, lots of marketers are listening to us right now. So can you share, guys, what is the number one thing, you know, you want marketing to help you with? And they were all mentioning this. So the key point here is, but I believe everybody will agree with this. It's way easier to talk with companies that already have an idea who you are, what you do, what you stands for, what's, let's say, what are unique features of your product or what is an added value of, uh, let's say, collaborating with your company or purchasing your product. They know, they, they know the value, at least they understand the value and they differentiate you from other vendors because if they don't, you'll be always perceived as yet another product in that category, you know, yet another vendor in this category. And you need to prove, which is always difficult, which is always difficult to explain. You need, you always, you know how, I used to, I used to explain it that way. You always need to beg for the meeting. You know, you always need to ask, can you meet? So I will explain, you need to onboard more and more and more people. And that's the key point. So. As you said, uh, the truth is that not only marketing can help with this. I believe one of my early, let's say, mentors, a person from, who, from whom I learned a lot about marketing, you know, in the beginning of my career, he said that everybody in a company is a marketer because let's say you have, uh, let's pretend people in logistics department, doesn't matter. We don't need to talk only about, let's say, revenue related departments logistics fulfillment finance you know and these people let's say at one day they start to ex uh, expand their network with people who work in the same position at your strategic accounts and start sharing the content that is related to these people this is how you grab the attention because of course at one point, we can say they are establishing their personal brands, but they are generating, you know, attention. They're bringing attention to your company. And these people inside these accounts can be aware, you know, of your company. At least they know the logo. They can see, you know, the value. And what's the added benefit? Because lots of people might be wondering. I will explain. The more upmarket you are going with your marketing, if you are prospecting mid-sized companies, enterprise companies, the more people will be influencing the decision-making process inside your strategic accounts, which we used to call the buying committee. So at one point, 
your contract might be reviewed by chief financial officer, you know, or procurement department. And of course, it depends on who you prospect, but you got the idea. And the chances that your deal will be successfully closed will be much higher if these people are aware of your company, of your product. That's the key point. And that's why sales, this is what sales mean. They want to make sure that their strategic accounts on their area, you know, they at least know the logo, they know the positioning, they know what your company stands for and how your product or how your company is different from the crowd. Yeah, exactly. And changes in changes the way marketing is doing their work, right? It's the, if that's the case, then marketing is not, you know, focusing only on, on MQLs or like not qualified leads, but uh, they're instead focusing on getting qualified leads, getting the brand out there, spreading the awareness. So in that way, they are, you know, helping company get inbound leads, but at the same time, they are making it easy for the sales to actually sell, you know, not only those that are coming inbound, but also when they go uh, and do the outbound, it's much more easier as you as you already explained. And one thing that stood to me uh, based on all that, like I often got a, got a question like who's creating demand inside the company, right? Uh, you, you, you said the answer, it's everybody. everybody. But, but for that to happen, like, I think the role of internal marketing is becoming more and more important because if we cannot sell it to our people inside the company, then how can we sell it to somebody else or how can they explain it to somebody else? Exactly. So um, the answer to that uh, challenge, you know, uh, that was like uh, probably a few days ago, there was a conversation on LinkedIn and people asked me, you know, how to onboard your, let's say, your in-house team, how to get a buy-in. Because sales will always say, we don't have time for this. Other departments will say, we don't have time for this, which means always it's just the lowest priority for us. It's not about the time, it's, it's all about the priority. And the only one way to solve this is leading by example. So your, either your executives should be doing this, or marketing should be doing this and then sharing the results. And this is how they can onboard people. So that's that's the key point in um, starting demand generation programs. Yeah, let's uh, let's continue continue with that alignment between sales and marketing because like in many companies that we start to work with and that we talk with, when we first start to talk with them, like they say, you know, marketing is doing like webinars, events, uh, getting leads, and then, you know, like sales uh, is maybe using that leads or few of them to qualify them and then see which, which of them are uh, sales accepted leads, then qualify, and then they go through it. Uh, and then, you know, like uh, when somebody clicks on a, on a schedule a demo or something like that, then they go directly to sales. But you know, in most cases, they don't cooperate with each other. They just exchange information when it comes to contacts. You know, like exchange, these are the leads that we have, you do whatever you want with them. You know, no feedback, no exchanging things. 
So uh, I know that you are doing something something else that everybody else are doing related to the webinars. So maybe maybe that can be a, a good thing to you know to kind of get more deeper into that because uh, you know you are not uh, reaching out to everybody that's watching the webinar, right? You're doing something else. So maybe you can you can explain better how the process goes when you run the webinar. Yes, absolutely. So before we'll, let's say, before we'll touch the webinars, I suggest uh, to quickly talk about the issue you mentioned. When marketing are working on MQLs while sales are working on SQLs, that's a red flag for me. And this means company, you know, this company might say whatever they want, but the key point here is that they don't have a go-to-market strategy because when it comes to go-to-market strategy it's not about mqls or sqls and nothing wrong with mqls what's wrong is how this let's say first of all these are not leads these are contacts and by default all accounts you know first of all these accounts that you are prospecting should be marketing qualified otherwise they shouldn't be on your list if they're not if they are not fitting your ideal customer profile that's the first point so secondly uh, what are the key elements of go to market strategy so segmentation you need to focus on specific segments ideal customer profile and both teams should have an alignment should have an let's say mutual agreement on the ICP criteria. Then positioning and unique value proposition that is tailored to your specific vertical and to your specific ICP. Next, your sales process should be based on how your customers are buying, not how you tend to think they are buying. Because companies, what I used to explain, lots of companies have naive funnels saying, okay, so I will run an ad, I will send an outreach cadence, and I will have lots of demos, which is not true. So, and then marketing, uh, then marketing gets a metric, which you used to call MQL. So they say, okay, what is MQL? Probably we'll just, you know, make our ICP criteria broader, saying that all startups from North America is a good fit. And now you have a huge challenge. So lots of things that companies are doing have nothing with how their customers are buying and that's huge huge problem so that this sales process should be based on how customers are buying and now coming back to the webinars it could be a part of a sales process sales and marketing process and um, uh, when it comes to webinars one of the biggest mistakes you know is uh, not realizing that Webinars, the same like articles, case studies can be dedicated to different, uh, let's say, stages of the buying process because there are webinars for, there could be one-to-one -one webinar with your strategic account, which is like dedicated, let's say I'm running a, um, I don't know, just a quick example. I will create a webinar for funky marketing, how to, expand their businesses, let's say in South America, just something that came to my mind. And that would be highly relevant to you. Yeah, so I will have your team, but it, it will be one-to-one -one presentation and it won't be relevant, let's say to another company because we'll be talking about your current situation. So uh, next we have 
a webinars for the vertical and these webinars could be you know again you could do a webinar for in-house champions you know the job role so in our case in-house champions are chief marketing officers head of crows etc and we can talk about specific things you know let's say one of the webinars uh, we were doing uh, for this so um, on, on this topic so we just uh, selected we made a list of accounts you know of people from strategic accounts that fit our ideal customer profile we asked we reached i, I mean we me and my co-founder vlad so we reached out these people and we asked the question so what's your number one challenge and top priority you know right now and they were saying you know let's say i i won't name all the replies but the number one reply was like we have a good cross process on our local market but we have a real challenge to expand our business outside of our market. So we created, so we said, every time we said, thanks a lot for sharing your insights. Would you like, if we'll create a webinar on this topic dedicated for marketing teams, would you like to attend? So some of, let's say, majority said, yes, that sounds interesting. Some of said, some of them said, no. I don't want, but voila. So next we created a presentation. We created, it's, it was a close event. I didn't promote it on LinkedIn or, uh, you know, on any other platform. So we invited these people and voila, we were talking about this specific challenge. And as our, our call to action was like, if you'd like, we suggest, you know, 30 minutes, one-to-one -one consultation. So we can exchange ideas. We can dive deeply into your situation, uh, brainstorm how this, let's say, how it can be solved, you know, it, uh, give, uh, provide more, let's say, more ideas on the concept we was explaining. So that's another thing. And finally, you have, let's say, top of the funnel webinars where lots of companies are making mistakes. So... Uh, traditionally, all of them are not doing the two types of webinars I just mentioned, one-to-one -one and one-to-specific job role, let's say, from your target vertical. Traditionally, all of them are doing top-of-the-funnel webinars. And the key point for top-of-the-funnel webinar is that it should be 100% educational. This is where you need to share your knowledge, share your expertise, share some solutions to the challenges your target accounts might have because most of the people that will attend this webinar they don't have maybe they don't have an existing need they don't know your company and you need to get their trust you need to create this credit what uh, most companies are doing they tend to think okay but it's all about attribution that's an opportunity you know to generate leads so everybody is thinking about leads <laughs> which is wrong not in terms of opportunities but in terms of leads so what instead of sharing the concept instead of educating their market they start pitching their product and lots of people are leaving these webinars because nobody wants to listen to the pitch i don't know maybe we can make a poll the other day and ask people on linkedin do you like to listen to pitch <laughs> but i believe majority will reply no so that's the key point and then what what they are doing you know everybody who signed up for the webinar they tend to think as a lead they give this list uh i mean they marketing team gives that list to sales and sales is reaching out to everybody and start and tries to close the deals which is a definitely wrong and obsolete way 
for lead generation. The key point here, that was, if, let's say that might be a question, but how can we, you know, leverage webinars in this case and generate opportunities? So first of all, as I said, educational part, some people that have an existing need or let's say they have a buy-in of your concept or your idea, they will reach out. Of course, you won't be able to predict the number. You won't be able to, you know, set a correct forecast. I don't know anybody who can do this, but you can activate the other part of your list and the way how we are doing this. So we are creating specific dedicated content hubs where we create different tabs. So the first step is all about webinar recording, slides, etc. Next step, we put some of our case studies. And during our webinar, we always mention that we have case study on this topic. Would you like guys to learn more? Lots of people are typing, yeah, that sounds interesting. Please send it to me. And then we always mention the content hub. So they, it won't be a surprise for them. We say, yeah, so we'll send you a content hub with the recording and with these case studies. So we put some additional materials as for the social proof. So let's say in our case of fullfunnel.io. So we add some interviews. I was on podcasts on well-known podcasts like uh, B2B Growth Show, you know, Growth Colony, the ABM Conversations. I have some guest posts on Sales Hacker, on CXL, which are, let's say, trustful and well-known resources in our space. So when people are seeing, you know, they might not be even reading these articles, but when they're seeing the logos and that I was featured, and it's not just a quote about me, but a full article, it immediately creates this additional, let's say, credibility. And finally, we add links, you know, to, so we, add, we create a section working with fullfunnel.io where we explain the benefits for different teams. As I said, it's crucial you know, to immediately address all potential concerns or questions of the buying committee members. So it's, uh, in this case, we have documents for sales team, for marketing team, for executives. Then we explain what's the difference between working with us versus marketing agency that will do an execution for you because our model is slightly different. It's more about done with you services. So um, this sort of things. And finally, we have a, a link to our calendar where they can book a call. Some of the people, so then we share this content hub. Some of the people are booking the calls right from the content hub. Some of, but the key point is that we see the engagement. Uh, that's, uh, it's a, let's say a technical question. I can describe, of course, how it works, but anyhow, so we track the engagement. We see who has visited the content hub what articles or what pieces of content did they consume? How much time did they spend? We have a specific threshold for us, which means let's say if person checked, we have, let's say a checklist of documents, they should check, you know, and the time they should spend in a content hub. And then we add this company to our CRM. And then we do a very simple follow-up saying, let's say if you were visiting this, I, and let's say you checked a document benefits for executives, and you checked, let's say, uh, my uh, article on sales hacker on uh, how to create a go-to-market strategy. Then I can uh, reach out and say, hey, Nemanja, how did you enjoy the webinar? Can you please share with me the feedback? And of course, I know if you has attended or no. So that's the first thing. And uh, do you have, so I working right now on go-to-market strategy. If you want, we can have a quick chat. I can share my experience on how we are 
let's say, creating go-to-market strategies for marketing agencies like yours, just to give you an idea. And that's the point. That's the lowest, let's say, and not, uh, how to say, not pushy, you know, sales touch, not spammy sales touch on bringing these people to the call where you can explain more concept, you know, you can qualify them by asking some additional questions and see if there is an opportunity. And this is the same framework. So I tried to describe it as deeply as possible. This is a framework that we use with all of our clients. Yeah, sounds good. I, I remembered while I was listening to you, like when I was working in B2C uh, and we were organizing, you know, huge events. I think those were first online events about marketing automation or on in this ex-Yugoslavia uh, you know countries uh, but as a warm-up we used webinars and one of the things that we wanted uh, you know to have as an insight as, as an agency that is organizing the conference and the events you know to see uh, how much influence uh, can those people that we invite on the webinars uh, you know, have, and, you know, a lot of them were huge influencers on Instagram, some of others, but, you know, data shows everything. Like one of them shares just one story and we get 500 people on the webinar. Others, you know, don't even bother to share. Others share on the email list. So we get people from the email. So in that way, you know, we could have segment who out of those people we need to call again for the conference or you know those kind of those kind of things just to give people another maybe you know perspective of how webinars can can be used you give them uh, two or three now one more uh, but thanks for sharing this this is very valuable and i think a lot of people are doing it doing it wrong because uh, you know like not all the people who attend the webinar are leads no, they are just people interesting to learn more to be yes. educated this is what i always say if they were interested in your service they'd either call you or reach you out and just booked a call with you just from your website that's exactly the exactly, exactly. Uh, so one more thing i wanted to address and, and this is the thing that i've been seeing uh persistently in the last six months as we are working with you know with huge service-based companies from 350 people to 850 now um and it is that a lot of fast-growing companies uh that are still you know in the startup phase they are still you know small compared to their uh competition like 10 or 100 times smaller, but they behave, I like to say it like they are uh, David and they behave like a Goliath, right? Uh, and uh, I saw that you were talking about it also on Twitter, how like, you know, small companies act like the, like the big ones. So I wanted to ask you to kind of extend on that and maybe go into that topic. That's crazy, you know, that's again, uh, it all comes from the mindset that the grass is greener on your neighborhood side. That's the first thing. And lots of companies tend to think that what is, let's say, a market leader, the biggest company on their market is doing, this is correct. This might be correct for this company, but you don't know the context. You don't know the in-house goals. 
you don't know the strategy you don't know the skill set inside this company you don't know what they were doing where they were in your shoes you know at that time you don't know what mistakes did they do and this is how companies are ending up because let's say if hubspot is publishing thousands of articles this is what we need to do we need to have the biggest blog on the web for our topic if other company in your market is doing webinars voila this is what we need to do if another company is running instagram or twitter account or linkedin you know or linkedin demand generation let's do it but there are we both know there are lots of markets where people even don't hang out on social media they don't have social media accounts for example you know if you are prospecting engineers from manufacturing companies you know in specific markets these people even don't hang out on, on social media you know so they might and that was funny just to give you an idea aviation industry lots of these people are hanging out on old-fashioned forums so you can you know you can hire the best instagram marketer or the best twitter marketer or whatever but you'll be wasting money and time because you're you know you're prospecting on the platforms where you simply don't have your target audience so yeah exactly yeah. and i'm seeing i'm seeing uh, a lot of, so sorry for jumping in uh, i see a lot of people you know saying okay our customers are on linkedin you know, when they aren't, maybe, you know, marketing and sales teams of those target companies are on LinkedIn, you know, so they need to go through them. And it's also one of the situations that's happening very often. Yes, absolutely true. But that's another story. So now we are moving from the decision makers to the buying committee. Again, something that we discussed in the beginning. I was just trying to explain how people are using wrong strategies when they try to you know to prospect the decision makers just because a market leader is doing this and that's why i said until you until you know the context until you know the strategy the goals the skill set inside the team then you could you know follow this but again again what this company is doing like who can if we both are not working for HubSpot. How can we make, how can we say for sure that the stuff they are doing right now, you know, generates additional revenue? We don't know the margin, we don't know PL report, we don't know their profit and losses. So, how can we say? We see only the surface. We can say, okay, this is because, you know, there are lots of articles, especially content marketers, they, those who are starting out they love to publish you know case studies about well-known companies about their traffic data etc etc but this is only you know the surface we don't know what's going inside and that's the huge problem so before copying anybody you need to have first of all you need to think you know your head and the only one advice i can give is talking to your customers, running in-depth interviews, and 
trying to understand their buying process. What motivates them to buy? How do they do their research? With who them advice, you know, inside the company? What influences the decision-making process? What platforms do they use, you know, when they're researching or evaluating or comparing different products or vendors? And you'll have lots of insights as well about the dark funnel. Lots of people are not talking about this, but the truth is that lots of decisions are made in the dark funnel. So social media communities, you know, where people are saying, guys, what are your thoughts on, let's say, active campaign versus, I don't know, MailChimp, for example. And this is how lots of decisions are made, not just because of fancy, you know, website or latest cross strategies you have implemented. So the, that's uh, this is something before, you know, implementing anything, validate it with your customers. Yeah, I was smiling because at the moment I'm writing the article about the dark funnel for the Rev Genius community. Uh, and, you know, it seems a lot of people are talking about it. And that's good because it seems like people start to understand, no matter if you call it dark funnel or something else, but things that we usually cannot measure or we don't measure, you know. So it's not only focusing on performance metrics, but also the metrics that can get us to some place in the long run that will you know, will mean that we actually understand what we are doing in a way. That's absolutely true. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. We can call it, as you said, dark final or whatever. For me, it's just the decision-making process and the buying process of our target accounts. And the more customers will be able to interview and uh, talk about this, the better insights we'll have and the better marketing and sales process we can create and we can influence, you know, if you know that, as you said, for example, if you are prospecting marketing and sales teams and uh, you know that Revenue Genius is number one community where they asking these questions, this is where your marketing or market, marketing team, you know, or somebody from marketing team should spend some decent time answering these questions, connecting with these people. And this is how you can influence the decision-making process. There are lots of tons of conversations about influencing the decision-making process, but I rarely have seen good examples of companies that are doing this. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, okay, going into, into that direction, uh, I think we have a, a nice little flow. Um, so one thing I wanted to ask you, you know, when you start working on uh, with a SaaS company, let's say looking at, uh, at SaaS companies, I see that a lot of them are making mistakes on what they should invest in first. So some of them think, you know, about it as, you know, we should start a podcast. Some of them think, okay, we should create content, we should start a blog, uh, but they don't look it from a perspective, you know, the first thing that we should do is, you know, we should start generating revenue, right? What is the core engine that will get us somewhere in the short run and what is one that should get us somewhere in the long run? So when you, when you start talking about those things and, and the way you look at them, uh, what do you what do you suggest or what do you do uh you know when you when you start with them so because i can see a, a lot of misunderstanding over there and a lot of people and a lot of companies sharing different things 
and you know when we start working with SaaS companies a lot of them say you know like fuck optimizing fuck analysis let just can you just do the content can you just do the advertising you know and, and those are the companies that have been doing advertising before so it makes no sense for us not to analyze what they have been doing good what they have been doing bad how can we improve you know those kind of things so what's your experience you nailed it you nailed the issue so that's indeed a problem in many companies uh, again one of let's say one of the root reasons we have already described so the grass is greener on the neighborhood side so copying others without knowing the context and goals that's the first issue secondly you know to be honest all marketing strategies are working there there are no i don't know any strategy that doesn't work because if they but what's the key point here you know everything we learned is and information that came from somebody, you know, and authors of different books, people who are sharing the stories in the blog. But again, we like what worked for one company doesn't mean that it will work for your company because of different marketing, you know, sit, market situation, different verticals, different skill set, etc. So that's that's the that's the first point. So secondly, as I said. The first step would be always developing or refining your go-to-market strategy. And the only way how to refine it is interviewing your uh, customers, uh, running this kind of in-depth customer interviews. So the key point is to learn how they buy. And uh, I usually have a question when we have these interviews. I usually have a question like what kind of information is requested by your colleagues, by your peers or by your executives, you know, um, as well, when you are searching, uh, as I, I'm asking, like, what are the industry events you are usually attending? This is kind, uh, this is how I can identify, you know, the top of the funnel challenge uh, ch channel, sorry. So what were the recent events you attended that you really liked? Who do you follow on social media if you follow anybody at are you a member of any associations, communities, etc.? So I'm trying to understand, you know, this, let's say, this context. So next step, uh, I'm asking about what are your top priorities? What would you like to learn? Do you read any, you know, blogs, newspapers, journals, whatever in this space? So I'm trying to understand how they prefer to consume the information i'm asking as well do you know do you follow any youtube channels so do you watch any videos do you, let's say attend webinars this this is this is how i i try to get you know i try to minimize my focus where should i start first so that's that's uh, let's say that's the these interviews i prefer to have at least 10 interviews with top 10 customers from a specific segment to understand the patterns inside this segment. And next is like, we have these insights and next we have our own resources and skill set. The truth is that lots of companies overestimate their skill set. You know, if you don't know how to do demand generation, don't start with demand generation, start with some or hire somebody who can help with this, you know, start with something that you are capable of doing it. There is no need to launch a brand new podcast. 
because everybody on LinkedIn says that you need to, to run a podcast. If your customers are not going to listen and join your podcast, it will be a waste of time. So lots of, uh, lots of things we are starting of evaluating what we can really do. And then, you know, sometimes I will, I will say, you know, I will share unpopular opinion. But in some cases, you can get attraction by leveraging others' audience. If you know that there is a forum, you know, or there is a community where your target audience hangs out, so you can start answering the questions there, sharing some, asking the questions, sharing some insights, trying to get the feedback, you know, on the research processes. You can connect with community admins, you know, and suggest some kind of collaboration. So let's do, I have an idea before starting your webinars, for example, you can say, let's say you are running funky marketing community. And let's say I'm just launching our plan. I have no idea what to do. I have no resources, no audience, nothing. Correct. So I'm reaching out to you. And I say, first of all, I engage with you, with community. I try to connect. And then I say, you know, Nemanja, I just analyzed all the most popular questions in your community. So these are top three questions and I have a solid experience in this space. Would you like if, let's say, we could host together a webinar, I will, you know, share my best practices. I can share some case studies, you know, some processes. I believe, what do you think? Would it be valuable for your community? And voila, this is how you, you know, you get, I, I don't, of course, I don't say that this is a silver bullet, you know, and every admin will accept this. But in most cases, they will, because they're also looking for delivering more value to their communities. And that's that's the key point, you know. This is how you can get the first traction, connect with the first audience. Then you have an opportunity. Then you can connect with all these people who attended the webinar. You can connect on the platform where they are hanging out. You know, you can ask for the feedback and you can even generate the first customers because we already spoke about the process, correct? But the key point is that now you have this visibility and you have, let's say, the core audience. So next webinar, you can, you can even create this, let's say, webinar for specific job roles, as I was describing what we are doing time to time at fullfunnel.io. So you can reach out to these people, ask about their challenges and priorities, and then say, if we'll, if we'll create a webinar on this topic, would you like to attend? And from this, you know, you can, you can then, you can end up with suggesting free consultations or whatever, or free access to your software, depending on type of the product or service you are selling. And that's, uh, that's the key point here. So uh, analyze how your customers are buying, you know, and then analyze your skill set because it makes no sense, you know, if nobody, I, I know, I know, I know I, as well, I say this, everybody can learn how to write. But the truth is that most companies don't have enough, let's say, uh, enough desire and willingness to wait for the first results. And when they see that nobody engages with their content, they usually, you know, after a few weeks or even one month of doing these activities, they stop doing this. So I'd rather say, okay, these are our core skills. So, you know, matching our skill set with the ways how customers are buying and trying to identify the strategies. So that's that's the key point how we are matching what should make sense. So, and definitely not, not looking at what HubSpot doing or any other, let's say, uh, top company in your space.
I'm listening to you and I'm and I'm thinking, you know, like the way you said that you talk to to the customers and the questions that you are asking them, those are the same questions that we were asking, you know, people in the in the B2C industries like two, three years ago. It moved now to B2B. And uh, I'm glad that you go uh, in the, getting details because I see so many companies still thinking of, you know, of those people just as a position, as somebody, you know, that is, uh, you know, only rela things related to work, you know, and we need to go a little bit deeper to see, as you said, events, what you are reading, what you are watching, where you're spending your time, you know, those kind of things to actually get to know them and to see who they are uh, really so we can so we can create something that will give them value you know and um i think we still need to go a, a big way before we before we get that uh and but okay we are moving moving in the right direction uh as the, as the song say and there is one more thing you know i would like to emphasize uh, so right now we were talking mostly about, because, you know, when it comes to go to market strategy, it all ends up with lead generation and sales processes. So we were talking about just one part of your go to market strategy, how you can find the right, let's say marketing activities or right marketing campaigns you should start with. But at the same time, what is quite often missed? What is missed is that right now we were talking about ICPs, yeah. So you want to you want to generate sales opportunities, but there are three more audiences that you need to build a relationship with, and you know the first audience is what I used to call engagers. These are people on any given platform. You'll find these active people who are, let's say, even if it's an old-fashioned forum not a modern community, you know. It's a person who asks the most questions, answers lots of questions, liking, commenting, engaging, etc. And there might be a question, what's the benefit? Because how can I attribute this to my revenue? You know, again, all comes from the attribution and lead generation mindset. But the key point is that these people, they're connected with your target audience. And if you build relationship with them, they can, recommend your company this this is what happens quite often with us with full funnel they can mention you you know whenever something so in our case uh we are let's say associated with account-based marketing so whenever somebody asks about account-based marketing lots of people refer to me or to Vlad so that's 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 the first idea secondly we have a, an audience which we used to call co-pilots so these are the companies like me and you so we are not we are serving different audiences we are providing different services we have different business models we are not direct competitors and that's the key point but with uh, let's say uh, in general we serve this specific audience and among our networks definitely uh, let's say if we'll combine our networks we'll have our icps and yours icps and this collaboration so i was i'm right now on your podcast you was on my podcast uh you was on my summit so we do lots of collaboration we, we engage with each other on linkedin we recommend each other and that's the kind of collaboration so this is how we generate additional opportunities for our businesses and again considering you know considering the 
let's say opportunities that might come a company from your network who has no idea by, about fullfunnel.io might be referred by you to us they can check a se several of our case studies and voila the sales cycle length significantly decrease decreases and that's that's the key point and we can do this collaborational webinars introducing our audiences each uh, to, to each other you know and that's and expanding our networks as well and uh, finally you have asset asset owners we used to call so these are people that are hosting niche podcasts running niche communities running blogs etc i have already described the ways of on uh, by using example of funky marketing community how you can engage with these audiences you don't even need to have an established one so you can leverage others audiences and that's the key point and these are the parts of your marketing activities but this is what we used to call brand marketing it's also a part of demand generation process correct but lots of people lots of companies are not doing this just because they can't attribute these activities to revenue and it seems that it's it's not a revenue operation it has nothing with, re with revenue but the truth is that it has <laughs> yeah it's it's well said and thanks for bringing this up uh, i mean i think i think basically if if you want to leverage linkedin at the moment or twitter that is the way to go like you just described three audiences that they need to go out then maybe the fourth one is the the you know the fast raising newcomers that are just now on the platform and they are growing fast so you want to get get on that train uh, but uh, you know engaged people the first group that you said uh, in in many cases that's where you start and it's not the same as you are going you know finding your ICP somewhere uh you know this is how we defined it then we're gonna go to linkedin or twitter or somewhere else type in into the search and start adding those people that's actually not the the, the best way to go that was somewhere else but then you start no you define who are uh people as you said like you and me who are your peers let's call them maybe influencers in, in the specific areas then you find who are active people engaged people on their posts, you start adding those people, and then you extend even with, with other people. But, uh, you know, just to kind of get it more practical for somebody if they want to do it. Uh, and basically, that can change the whole game for somebody. On, only by doing that, if you have the quality content, you know, that's that's the, the one of the most important ingredients so your peers can recognize you and somebody who knows what they're talking about. That's absolutely true. And remember when you asked me about what makes sense to launch first, I said, aside from, let's say, uh, aside from customer interviews, you need to audit your skill set. Because if you don't have, that's that's the problem. I believe you have seen this as well. Lots of B2B companies, let's put marketing and sales, let's say MarTech and sales tech vendors. Let's put them, them aside from this. Let's take a look on FinTech on logistics on some traditional verticals people have if if i can say it you know life they have shitty blocks it's all about you know five paragraphs hey we are super happy to announce this new feature or this press release or whatever or they you know they post something um 
let's say it was i will give you a precise example that was crazy that that was really crazy quite a big software development company that are prospecting uh, let's say before we started to work they were prospecting a huge audience startups from north america which means you know they are operating in one size fits all mode but uh, i was doing the audit and uh, when i started the audit and their content strategy so i opened the first blog post and this blog post was all about why should you create a mobile app so i'm like guys do you really believe that cto's from your target companies have no idea why they should create a mobile app and they would like to read this article that this is crazy you know and this like five like there they were mentioning they mentioned five benefits like reaching out to new audience improving let's say customer experience and blah 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 and then we can create any kind of mobile app for you just reach us out and we are going to help you this is crazy this is a waste of time and money that's the problem so if you don't have a skill set find a good content marketer or a good content marketing agency that can write for you articles that not only will resonate with your target audience not only educate not only share expertise but also attract the attention and Pre, let's say position you as an expert in this specific space quite often companies you know tend to think that i know one of the biggest mistakes i i learned this the hard way and it took me years to to you know to to let's say be comfortable with this idea uh, lots of companies because i did this mistake as well lots of companies tend to hire young people you know because they are cheaper but the truth is and that's this is what i recommend everybody to do nowadays try to hire the best and the most let's say when it comes uh, the most affordable person with the best skill set you can afford and then you can get the best results so that's the key point try to find the best with your budget it always you know if you think that you'll pay more it's you always need to think about let's say the ROI, the outcomes because you can pay less but you get much worse results and you can just waste of time while money can be recompensated you can earn it with different activities you won't be able to compensate the lost time i yeah, totally, totally agree i was just advising a company that is writing uh you know content for developers because they are you know they have a specific a specific uh, product that developers are using. And, you know, I told them, why don't you hire a developer to write the content? You know, that would be pay them as developers. Pay that person as you would pay the developer. Just find the one that is willing to write. A lot of them are willing to, you know, change things uh, a little bit in their career. And that can be a great fit. And it can go to every industry or niche, you know. It's uh, sometimes it's better to find a person that maybe is not a writer, but somebody that is familiar with the topic. And, you know, you can get them to some technical things and get them to write it. But yeah, generally what you said, I totally agree, especially now I, uh, I see the whole market is moving 
changing. Uh, a lot of people are changing positions and there are a lot of uh, highly skilled people available for maybe less money that they would, they would be available like a year ago because of the remote work and all the changes. Uh, and I think it's a great opportunity for all of us to, you know, to find better people for our team. Absolutely true. And as well, what, you know, if we can find at least one positive outcome from COVID, uh, it could be that lots of companies learn the hard way, the remote work, and now they understand that they are not limited by their local region so they can attract they can hire talents across the globe and we both know we have lots of talents in eastern europe in let's say in our parts on balkans we have lots of talents that will cost way less than people in the united states and western europe and they can quite often they can outperform the skill set that is available in your local market so you you just need to expand the horizon of your searching. Yeah, uh, you you got me to the last topic there. I just wanted to to jump in for a for a for a few moments. So how it is now living in the southeast Europe when you are coming from the whole different part of the Europe? Uh, how it is all those changes uh, like getting used to all the you know different habits that people have here you know different way of behavior maybe or the different way of doing business you know the the keyword here is polako so <laughs> this is something uh, that we can say in english do it slowly so step by step and that's the key point you know we all lots of people are talking about productivity we have thousands of books you know that are touching different productivity methodologies like getting things done you know agile approach etc but the truth is that the place where you are living impacts you the most because uh, just to give you you know just to give you a let's say comparison be between krakow and split so in Krakow, because uh, the city grew drastically, you know, in five years it grew by 400,000 habitants. So it was like a total traffic jam. And I used, just because, you know, my elder son is playing football and he was learning English. So I used to work from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Then I picked him up from the school, you know, and was driving to city center. I didn't have any free parking space so I was just circling around then I picked him up from English I was driving him to the football and we were coming back around 8 p.m so then we have our supper you know then we just have uh he does his homework and voila the day ends and that was crazy it was like th that that was really crazy while on split you have Everything, first of all, you have 300 days of sunny, warm weather. That's a huge benefit. Sea, mountains, you know, and you are living in a quiet in a quiet place. You have lots of time for your family, for your hobbies, for your friends. You have time, you know, to, to swim in the sea, you know, to drink some coffee, read the books, etc. And 
this is these are the things that you could either do on weekend but you know just because of the lack of time you want to squeeze maximum with your family and friends from the weekends and now you have everything you know here so that's that's the huge difference and lots of people tend to think that polaco means you know that you are slowing down yourself and you you know you might be missing something out but the truth is that you are just recovering and you're way more productive than you are in hustle than you are always running so that's 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 the huge difference sure. and, and when you give yourself time to do all those things I would like to say like things for, for your soul, like even your business advances. Yeah, look, I came to Split two years ago and in two years we launched the first international summit, how I planned, so this SaaS platform. So we grew full final almost four times. So we have like, I was just one man show when I was running Get Leader and now we have eight people, you know, in the team. So lots of things are happening. We are running community podcasts, all these workshops. So lots of things. And this, these are the things you know aside from doing the stuff for the local community split tech city you know lots lots of things lots of and uh, that's that's uh, that's the the best probably explanation of what has happened and what has changed in the business and in my life love it i love that the good things are happening uh andre thanks for being here thanks for sharing uh guys you know where to find Andre. I will leave links uh, below to his website, to the resources, also to his social media and podcast community and everything. So make sure you connect with him. And if you want to learn about ABM, about demand generation, about all in all B2B marketing, I think like Andre is the, you know, the go-to person, especially because he is you know, explaining it in a, in a way that you can really understand things. And I think not many people are still able to do that, including myself. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, guys, see you on the next episode. Uh, Andre, thanks for being here uh, and keep it funky. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>